Hey everyone, before we get started, how about I uh, let you know where I'm going to be performing. I think that's important because this weekend I'm back in Seattle, Washington at Laps Comedy Club. Uh, that is June 11th and 12th. And then next month I am in Salt Lake City, uh, July 16th and 17th. But let's back up just one second. June 23rd, it's a Wednesday, it's a surprise show. Tulsa, Oklahoma at the Fur Club. Tickets should be on sale very soon. Probably by the time you hear this, you can go buy them. So go do that. Um, and then I have upcoming shows. Milwaukee, Minneapolis, Chicago will be on sale soon. Indianapolis will be on sale soon. And then a tour through Texas. What else is there? I'm a YouTuber. <laughs> I, I'm getting back to stand-up. I'm currently acting, playing Jesus in a movie. More on that as the show starts. Um, but I think that's it. Leave a five-star review on iTunes and subscribe on YouTube if you want to support monetarily. There is a join button on my YouTube channel. And you can send me money every month like a uh, like UNICEF. Except, actually, it's just like UNICEF. Except I don't send you a Polaroid to hang on your fridge. Uh, so maybe that should be one of the perks. I think I should update that. Anyway. Let's get to the show so I can get you caught up. I'm 34 now. That's how long it's been since I've done this. I forgot to say, hit the music. This Week in Zoltan. Hey everybody, welcome to the show. Welcome to This Week in Zoltan. This is episode 324. I have it written down because it's it's been a while. Uh, I haven't been doing this for so long. I'm 34 now. You missed a whole birthday. That's how much I've been slacking on this thing. Uh, I'm 34, and I feel every bit of it. This is how 34 I feel. I skipped going out uh, the night before my birthday with my friends because I had too much soup for lunch. And that's about as 34 as 34 gets. We ordered uh, some pho, or pho, if you call a vase a vase. Um, uh, we got that for lunch, and I had the whole thing. You're not supposed to eat all the pho. Which they, no one tells you, but you're just supposed to know based on the quantity that they bring you. That's two meals, or you share it with another person. But we ordered two orders of pho. I ate the whole thing. There was like this much broth left when I was done. I ate all the noodles, all those weird onion strips, everything. <laughs> done. Sorry for slurping into the mic. I know that must be annoying. Um, and then four hours later, my friends landed from visiting Charleston. And they're like, do you want to go out? And I'm like, yeah, 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 let's, uh, let's meet up at 9. I thought giving myself an extra 90 minutes to 2 hours might help process all this liquid that's sloshing around in my guts. And then 9 o'clock creeps around and I text them going, you know what? I'm just going to stay in. I'm, I'm going to let them. I didn't tell them because I was embarrassed. I, I told them later. I'm telling them now through this episode, but like, uh, yeah, I'm not going out because I had too much soup. I, 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 I got to stay in and let this all process. So that's what being 34 has been, and uh, I'm enjoying it. I don't want to go back. I don't remember 24, and I remember being uncomfortable at 14. And being four, that's when we came to the United States. Oh, that is something that's coming up that I totally forgot about. My mom and I's 30th anniversary for coming to the United States is coming up on the 4th of July. That's right. We landed in New York City on the 4th of July. I saw fireworks from a plane. 
I remember turning to my mom going, what is this? And she's like, this is our new home. These are the Americans. They love blowing stuff up. Let's, uh, you know, let's get comfortable. And yeah, we get to celebrate 30 years of living in the good old U.S. of A. on the 4th of July. Uh, pretty pumped about that. Other than that, um, the big thing I need to tell you guys is I'm in Tulsa. I don't know if you guys can tell. I'm in a hotel. I'm not at home. I'm not in sunny San Diego. I am in uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma. I'm here all month. I got in last week. I got a role in a movie, kids. That's right. I got my first movie role. Uh, I'm playing Jesus. Uh, not Jesus, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, his only Son, our Lord and Savior. Uh, I got this role. They reached out to my agent. It's a low-budget movie. And, uh, yeah, I don't want to make it sound like I'm doing Transformers and Jesus is the new character. Although, I think he'd kick ass in it. Um, yeah, I got this role. They reached out to my agent like a month ago or two months ago, and they're like, hey, we'd like him to read for Jesus. And my agent's like, you know, we cut his hair, right? And I'm like, ah, that's all right. Jesus gets a haircut in this movie. And uh, I read for it, and it happened really quick, and now I'm in Tulsa pretending to be an actor, and I think I'm doing an okay job. I think I'm doing fine. First day on set, I was really nervous, but now we're at like day nine, and I feel comfortable. I, everyone on set is super nice. Everyone in Tulsa has been very accommodating. Um, I got to tell you, like, Tulsa, I'm not, I'm fitting right in in Tulsa, which is, I, is that weird? Or is that just what the Midwest feels like? Is everyone just this friendly outside of the coast? Once you get in from, like, New York or California, everyone just starts being friendlier and friendlier and friendlier until you realize you've been living here for 45 years. I think that's the way Tulsa works. I think that's the way most of the states and cities work, except for the major ones. The major ones try to bump you out with rudeness, and the smaller ones are like, why don't you stay? Why don't you stay? Why don't we go to Dave & Buster's? It's right across the street from your hotel. And then before you know it, you have uh, your great-grandfather, and you live in a house you built with your hands. I think that's how it happens in these small towns. Before you know it, you're six generations down the line, and you're like, how am I still alive? I never even got my stuff from San Diego. Um... But yeah, everyone's been uh, been very nice, very accommodating. <laughs> I had a uh, one of the things I really noticed out here is how much nicer everyone is driving. Uh, I found a boxing gym uh, that I go to. Classes are at like six o'clock, so it's Tulsa traffic, which isn't bad traffic, but everyone's on the roads. And I had to move over three lanes in a very short amount of time in bumper to bumper traffic to get to. Uh, the freeway entrance I needed to get on and in any other major city I would have missed it I, I already I was already looking at my phone going it's not gonna happen Siri we're gonna have to reroute tell me where do you turn or find me another way but before I even finished that sentence aloud to nobody alive in my car I had moved over three lanes because everyone just let me they just let me and for a moment I'm like these are the nicest people on the planet they just let me move over three lanes at the end of a work day. Everyone's trying to get home. They got a dump on deck. They want to go home and sit on their throne and get their business done. And they just let me come over three lanes. And then as soon as I had that thought, a van, a minivan next to me sped up, stopped next to the car in front of me. This redneck-looking hillbilly guy who looks like he cooks meth in a shack somewhere 
sticks his head out, flips off the driver in the car in front of me, and then speeds off. And then the guy in the front that just got flipped off looked in his rearview mirror, looked back at me, we made eye contact, and I just went, I, I don't know. And then immediately I'm like, I, you know, there's still humans here. There's still human beings here. There's still... All those people we thought were going to die with the pandemic, they're alive. They're very much alive. All the people we thought this was going to get rid of, they're healthy as an ox. They're, they're doing good, and it sucks. But they're still out there. But they're still good people, too. Let me go across three lanes of traffic. If you're wondering why I'm so jacked up, it's this right here. I found this at the... Uh, this isn't a sponsor, by the way. You know, this show doesn't have sponsors. But this is a super espresso. It has protein and MCT oil. I don't know what that means, but there's no sugar. But it feels like sugar, which means it's, uh, it's melted alkaline batteries in here. It must be. Anytime you get jacked up from something, and they're like, oh, there's no sugar in it. You're like, ah, you gave me meth. Because that's the only other thing I know that will bring you up like that. No sugar. Cocaine, meth, Adderall. Would you put in this can? Because I want more of it. <laughs> um, what else did I have written down? I've been reading a bunch of articles. Because that's all I do. I wake up in the morning, and then I go on Google, my little app, and then I just read news stories that are suggested to me. I read a bunch uh, that millennials aren't happy, my age group isn't happy. Which, has there ever been an article that says we are? We're not doing that bad. Yeah, we're not going to, you know, buying a house is tough. No one's having kids because it's expensive. And we realized our parents aren't happy, so we're trying not to repeat that process. I get all that. But, like, we're the generation that's traveled the most. No millennial should ever say when they're 90, I wish I traveled more. Look at your Instagram. You're literally never home. And I hate using the word literally, but it kind of fits. It kind of fits. You're paying your rent from Bali, according to your Instagram feed. <laughs> You're gone all the time. You're doing wonderfully. Um, but I read all these articles, and I made a checklist. It's, uh, it's called The Millennial's Guide to Financial Happiness. And not success, happiness. There's a very big difference between financial success and financial happiness. Financial success is where... You're posting pictures of you walking up on a private jet that you're not really going anywhere on. That's financial success. Financial happiness is when the first of the month comes and you don't care. That's financial happiness. So I wrote a checklist. It's uh, the Millennial's Guide to Financial Happiness. Uh, number one, quit trying to own a home, all right? It's not going to happen, okay? If you live in a major city in the United States, unless you're Elon Musk or you win the lottery or you do something, you rob a bank, you're not owning a home. Just get comfortable with renting, all right? And also quit moving states to own a home. Why would you do that? Why would you live in a state you hate just to own a house? Would you rather own in hell or rent in heaven? That's what I'm doing. I rent in heaven, and guess what? The price is high, and I'm good with that. So stop fighting that. Number two, uh, Jordans? Really? You're 34. Let it go. You're 34 years old, and you're wearing Jordans. It's done. It's done. Stop using their lingo, too, because that's how you get caught up in it. You're over there saying things like, oh, it hits different. And before you know it, you're buying the new pair of Jordans. Why? Why? Everyone knows. 
They see your receding hairline. You're not fooling anybody. Let it go. Number three, Gary Vaynerchuk has no friends. All right, stop listening to this guy. I know he's very motivating. He's like, go get it. You got to do this and you got to do that. Don't do any of that. He's alone. You ever notice in those videos? There's no one behind him. He's never at lunch with anybody. That man is lonely. He's super successful. And he has no one to tell except people he's never met on social media. Number four, Teslas aren't that cool. And this is a tough sell. They're not. They're not that cool. All right? Can you drive them through a puddle? They're electric. This one's a tough sell. All right. Um, Teslas are pretty damn cool. They got doors that open like dragon's wings. And I think they're pretty awesome. But you just need to train your brain into thinking that they're not. And then you'll be set. Number five, uh, cryptocurrency is a scam. Uh, your mother was right, all right? You don't have to admit it to her, but admit it to yourself, all right? This was a system set up to make Elon Musk and Mark Cuban trillionaires while the rest of us might make enough money to live in that camper van we bought. That's about how it works out. It's not a real currency if a guy can tweet and it can go up or crash depending on what one guy tweets. I, uh, eh? Eh. All right. Uh, number six, uh, go, to, go to sleep. Okay, stop trying to win every day. You're not The Rock. You're not Gary Vaynerchuk. You need get some sleep. Get some sleep, some good sleep. Some good REM, deep. Wear a Fitbit, track your sleep. That's what you need so you can wake up happy renting a place in a city you actually love to live in with sensible shoes. And, and driving a Honda Fit and unfollowing Gary Vaynerchuk and cutting your losses on Bitcoin or leaving it where it's at, but definitely not adding more money to it. And that uh, is the Millennial's Guide to Financial Happiness, Not Success. I think we did it. I think we just did it. That was one of the major things I wanted to get out to you guys, and I think I just pulled it off. Um, I didn't watch the Logan Paul fight. Logan Paul fought uh, Mayweather over the weekend. I'm not paying 50 bucks for that because I'm a purist. It's crazy that that fight costs 50 bucks, and then this month alone, there's so many big boxing matchups. You know, Lomachenko and uh, Nakatani are fighting on free for ESPN. I mean, they're gonna make millions of dollars, but like, it's on regular ass cable. But 50 bucks to watch Mayweather and a YouTuber, I get it. It's business, and. Uh, Sometimes in business, customers get ripped off, and that's what non-boxing fans learned. A lot of non-boxing fans this weekend paid $50 to find out how Mayweather fights. He's a defensive fighter, and you have to be a fan of boxing. You have to be a fan of the sweet science to appreciate what this man does in not getting hit and counter-punching. And I, I was on Twitter. I followed along on Twitter. I still felt ripped off. I was following the feed going, did he get knocked out? Did he get knocked out? Who got hurt? Was there any good punches? And then afterwards, I'm like, I knew that was going to happen. I knew it was going to happen, but I was still interested. Because these Paul brothers, Logan not as much as his uh, younger douchebag brother, uh, what's his name? Jake. That guy is full professional wrestling heel to the max and he's doing a great job because he's believable it doesn't feel like an act and it might not be this guy might be just snorting Adderall 
and talking into his phone, making fights with retired MMA fighters that can't throw hands so he can beat them. But WWE should be taking note of these guys. Not to bring them in, but to like show their promos and their videos on social media to their wrestlers and go, you need to be believable like these guys. Maybe, you know, go off in a corner, snort some Adderall, and come back and we'll do a second take. These guys are great promoters. Um, but that fight, that's what you get when you fight with Mayweather. He's defensive. Yeah, he was outweighed by 30 pounds and barely got hit. He got hit a couple times and it didn't do anything to him. He did wonderful. Um, Kid Rock said a slur. I don't know why that's news. <laughs> I was on Twitter yesterday or two days ago. Uh, Kid Rock apparently yelled a homophobic slur at a concert in the middle of nowhere. Which, I, to be honest with you, that's that's how I thought he talked. I I would assume that every other word out of Kid Rock's face is some sort of slur, whether it's racial or homophobic or any of the other phobias. That, that's how, like, if I pictured Kid Rock ordering food through a drive-thru, I'd imagine, like, a lifted pickup truck, him hanging out of the window, yelling into the screen, his order racial slur, his order, homophobic slur, his order, can you read it back to me? Like, that's how I'd imagine his order going. This isn't news. Did we forget? He's straight out the trailer park. I'm from the trailer park. I don't talk that way, but he is who he is. You don't need to tell me when he yells racial slur. Tell me when he's giving a uh, a well-thought-out speech at Harvard. That's a, that's a news story. That would be amazing. Or, or he, he does an amazing recital with a clarinet. That's some news. But even if he did an amazing recital with the clarinet, as soon as he was done, he would be like, thank you. And then homophobic slurs abound. Wouldn't that be funny? Like in the middle of a music hall, just a, everyone's in tuxedos. He's wearing a tuxedo and he's playing this clarinet. And everyone's like, what? This is the American badass, the, the cowboy, the whatever ba with the ba was this is who he is and then he gets up and just homophobic slurs and then he takes a bow and then he gets in a monster truck and just leaves it's like I gotta go yell some more of these that are drive through at Taco Bell that's who I expect him to be why are we surprised when people are who they've told us they have been for all these years why is that still shocking to us like Vince Neil the lead singer of Motley Crue I uh, just did a show. It was his first show back after the pandemic, and people ripped him because he didn't sound good, and he was drunk, and he was fat. And what? Dude, this guy came up in the 80s when everyone was doing drugs and partying. It was the fat. And we're 30 plus years later. What do you want him to do? Dude, I'd be so upset. If I paid 50 bucks or 100 bucks or 300 bucks to see Vince Neil and he wasn't exactly that, that's what I'm paying to see. I'm paying to see a Kenny Powers type figure on stage, just fat and bloated and drunk and slurring, doesn't remember the lyrics, stumbling over. Because that man lived a life of 10 lives for the rest of us who couldn't. I'd be so upset if I paid like 150 bucks to see Vince Neil and he just showed up with a six pack. After all that hard living, I don't have a six-pack. How the hell did you do it? I'd be, I'd be demanding refund then. That's what I'm paying to see. Stop being upset when people are 
exactly who they told you they were going to be in the first place. They're being honest with you, right up front. He killed, Vince Neil killed a guy in a drunk driving accident in like the late 80s, early 90s. And then he did like six months in jail. He didn't go to prison for it. And then he went back to drinking. He told you who he was 35 years ago. And everyone's here like, oh, man, he's, he's in no shape to perform. He never was. He never was. The only difference is he was 22 at the time, and now he's 55. And it's beautiful to watch. I think that's it. I don't know. Um, yeah, I think that's everything I had written down. I told you about turning 34. I also had a sushi burrito. I don't know if you guys have ever had one of those. I had a sushi burrito, and I couldn't decide if I was feeling classy or trashy. Like, with each bite, it switched. If you don't know what a sushi burrito is, it's just a big roll of... It's a big sushi roll, in, but it kind of looks like a burrito because it's so thick. And with each bite... I was like, am I Anthony Bourdain? And then I took another bite, and I'm like, nah, I'm Ted Nugent. Like, it just went back and forth, back and forth. And at the end, I was very happy and full and confused. I was confused because I didn't know what kind of meal I had. I've had weird meals over the last, since the last time we spoke. I also had McDonald's twice in one day. Has anyone done that? I had McDonald's for breakfast, then I went day drinking with my friend, my best friend Dane, and then... I came back and I had McDonald's again for dinner. And just like the arc of depression that I went through, because I, I had McDonald's for breakfast and I got the sandwich where the pancakes are the buns. And I took a bite and I'm like, human beings are amazing. And then I finished the sandwich and then like, you know, eight hours later I came back to, to get dinner at that same McDonald's. And I'm like, mm, twice in one day. Like, I, I feel like I'm supposed to report this. Like, I shouldn't be allowed to vote at the next elections, you know? 2022 or 2024, whenever the next presidential elections are, if I show up, they're like, hey, uh, it says here in our notes that uh, two years ago you had McDonald's twice in one day. I, listen, there's no law against it, but we'd really appreciate it if you sat this one out. And I'd be like, I get it. I get it. And I'll see you guys in four years. I think that's the show for this week. <laughs> oh, no, I had one more thing. I'm looking back, so I'm looking back through all my notes here. Uh, I read this one, and this one was interesting. This article came up uh, a few weeks ago. It said 42% of Americans can't name an Asian celebrity, uh, which is weird because I can. I can name a few. Like, they could only name Jackie Chan, which is classic, or Bruce Lee or somebody. Um, which nothing wrong with those celebrities. They're just not modern. Uh, Jimmy O. Yang, who I will name drop because he's a friend of mine. And he's a stand-up comic. Uh, you know, Ronnie Chang, uh, Ali Wong. So that's kind of cheating because, one, I know one of them. And the other two are comedians, and that's what I do. So I guess they're I'm supposed to know of them because they're colleagues. But uh, I was thinking about it. I'm like, is it a sign that 42% of Americans can't name an Asian celebrity? Or is, like, is everyone just older? Like, I'm 34. I can't name most celebrities. Most celebrities. I've watched every episode of Handsmaid's Tale, and I can't name a single person in that show. I can tell you their character's name, but I don't know their legal name. You know why? Because I'm in my 30s. 
I do I don't I'm not 16. I don't have their posters on my wall. I'm not you know, running to the mailbox to get my People magazine to see who they're dating. I, I live a life. I don't know any actors' names. Like, if you became famous within the last three years, three to four years, I think when I hit 30. So if you became famous in the last four years and you're not doing stand-up, odds are I don't know your name. I don't know your name. And it's not because I don't care. And it's not that I won't watch whatever you're doing. It's just that I'm not a child who's, like, fanboying over his favorite show anymore, you know? And if I see you in public, I'm going to go, oh, June Osborne, because I don't know your name. (laughs) And I think that's how you should want it. Wouldn't it be weird if some dude in the 30s just runs up to you and knows your legal name, and you're like, oh, are you a stalker? No, not at all. I just watch the show you're on, and I know your character's name and nothing else about you. That would feel way more safe to me. That would feel way more safe. Like, I'm taking it from my aspect. I'm not famous at all. I have this level of fame. But if someone ran up to me and was just like, you own Jessica, I'd be like, yeah. It's Except instead of like someone running up to me going, like saying my full name, date of birth, social security number, and address, I'd be like, okay, I, I have to hire security. So, I don't know if it's a sign of racism, but uh, but if you don't, if you're one of the 42% of Americans that don't know Asian celebrities, uh, check out Jimmy O. Yang and Ronnie Chang and, uh, and Ali Wong. They're famous comedians, and they're very funny. Uh, other than that, I think we're done. I think that's everything I wanted to say. Uh, I'm going to tell you I'm going to do a show next week, but there's no promises. All right, I'm out here on set pretending to be a movie star. Uh, I have a show this weekend coming up in Seattle. Uh, go to ZoltanComedy.com. I have a tour coming up with shows. I'm going to do a show out here in Tulsa, too, in a couple weeks, June 23rd. But this weekend, the 11th and 12th, I'm in Seattle, June 23rd here. Uh, Then I go to Salt Lake City, Milwaukee, Minneapolis, Chicago, Indianapolis. Some of those tickets haven't gone on sale yet, but go to ZoltanComedy.com, scroll down to the bottom of the page, and sign up for my email list, and I'll email you, you know, when there's something going on. All right? All right. You guys have a great week. And, uh, you know, love yourselves. Right? I think that's what you're supposed to say.